Blow the horn, let's go. And everything that we do every day, we want to be a champion. Get your mind right and let's go. Do the little things. Win every day. It's the so place they play so far. Everything with an attitude. Got a family. I don't give a shit who we're playing. Don't let the play against them. And make his ass play. That's our framework. That's our MO with the team. Richardson breaks free on the sideline. This is a mauling, folks, a mauling. Fear the tide, honey badger. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Saturday was mostly mild in Tuscaloosa from my perspective to the weather, the traffic, and the opposition on the field. Tom, how did you see it? Man, you were pretty close on your score there, man. We we just need another touchdown and you would have been almost dead on. You know, this is your typical September non-conference opponent, your typical week two type of game. Um, you hope to see a little improvement from week one. And I think they did that uh, on both sides of the ball. Not as not as much as, you know, they're not where I want them to be, but I do think there has been some improvements from, uh, from week one. Yeah, I agree. I think th- this is the kind of game, and, you know, think about every, every season for the last several. By the time you get to week, you know, five, six, seven, eight, you forget. Oh, yeah, we played Fresno State, didn't we? And you just absolutely forget about it. And that's no disrespect to – Fresno State, but coming off of FSU and then sort of some warm-up for the uh, conference schedule, it's a game you just kind of forget about. But that doesn't mean work doesn't get done, and that doesn't mean there isn't opportunity for the team to grow and develop and improve. And there are a lot of areas on both sides of the ball that I think the Tide had an opportunity to improve on. So why don't you dive us into offense and see, did you see progression, regression, or status quo? Well, you know, uh, given the circumstances, given the injuries and and trying to get some new guys, you know, more work, we didn't have a lot of uh, carries for Bo and Damian, which is understandable. You know, Najee got more work. There was a sequence there where Bo was, you know, in a rhythm and Bo was running the ball really well. uh, And he got us right there down to the goal line. And the very next play, we called, you know, a design run to Jalen Hurts. And I didn't understand that. You know, I would have given Bo the ball there, you know, let him score the touchdown. He had just sat there and been a workhorse for the past three or four carries. Keep your quarterback from getting hurt. You know, give the ball to your running back. And, um, you know, we didn't. And, you know, Jalen did better. He only had 10 carries. But there there were several times, Dave, where it was a design run all the way to the quarterback. And uh, I just don't understand why we're, you know, we're, we're, we're gambling with his health by doing that. Yeah, I think if you take the health out of the equation, and, and, and I get that's challenging to do quarterback and, and running quarterback and all that. Uh, but if you take that out of the equation, you know, one of the things that really just sort of flabbergasted me was it seemed that, uh, that Fresno State, they ignored his running uh, capability, and so you think of all of the opponents. How would we defend Alabama? Right, we would we would shadow the quarterback. We would would prevent him from running, and we would make him beat us with the with his arm. And it seemed like you know Tedford and and the Bulldogs just did the complete opposite. They said, "Well, let's 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 let him run because for some reason we don't think he can." And so some of some of the runs were designed runs, and they were gaping holes, and so. It's, it's almost like, well, if they're going to let us win the game this easily, then let's take advantage of that. And that's not to say we didn't work on other things. But, you know, his second – you know, the second play from scrimmage, he went for 50-plus yards, you know, virtually untouched, just right up the middle. And and he had other, you know, similar runs. And and it did seem, in, in contrast to Florida State, they were more intentionally designed runs, you know, from the jump as opposed to some RPO and he tucks the ball and runs. And so that's, you know, and I thought he did stand in the pocket. I really like the pass over the middle to, to the tight end, Hal Hennigas. Uh, You know, that's something we've not seen him do. We've talked about him wanting to see him pass over the middle. And then we distributed the ball much better. And not all of these were Jalen, but, you know, we did hit 11 receivers and, you know, five receivers caught multiple passes. And so I think we worked on different things. But if they're going to leave us that, then we would almost be foolish not to take advantage of it at least a little bit. Well, I agree with what you're saying. He only had 10 carries on the game. I personally 
would not like to see a design run. I personally would like to see him run eight to 10 times a game when there's a breakdown in protection, right? Mm-hmm. And there's man-to-man defense and there's a gaping hole. And then I want him to go and slide. Like, for example, he slid toward the end of the game on one play. And that's the first time he had slid all day. Yeah. Okay. Well, take the 55-yard touchdown for an example. Okay, obviously he's a great athlete, right? And obviously the hole was there. He took it. But as he was going across the goal line, David, and the guy leaped at his leg and the guy put his helmet on the back of his left knee, that could have air, that could have very easily been the Florida State quarterback situation all over again. Yeah. Right? I'm not hoping a guy gets hurt, but I'm just saying that if you if if your backup is a true freshman, right? Because your other quarterbacks have left the program. I just don't want to take that many chances with my one guy with experience. That's just me. I mean, as he was getting hit in the back of the knee, as he was going across the goal line, I was like, oh, please don't blow a knee out. Please don't blow a knee out. Yeah. I just – I don't understand it. I just you know, don't. And he did He did cross the finish line very awkwardly and and sort of, you know, almost stopped abruptly. And 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 I was thinking there might be an opportunity for an ankle. Uh, and then, you know, as you indicated, you know, the, the way he got hit on the knee. And so somewhere there's a balance and, 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 and football is imperfect in this way. Um, I don't want to, I don't want us to play scared, but I do want us to play smart. Um, uh, and even doing that, there's the opportunity for injury. I want us to take advantage of opportunities on the field that present themselves, but I want us to be smart about it. And somewhere in there, there's still the opportunity for a quarterback to get hurt. I mean, I heard Jimbo Fisher talk about where they were in the game and if they could get a quick score and an onside kick that, that they didn't think they were out of it. And I respect that from a competitive sense, but I was also sitting in the stands. They were out of it. Uh, and so uh, I, I literally asked myself, you know, the play before uh, Francois got hurt, Hey, I wonder when they're going to take their quarterback out. I, on the second play of the scrimmage against Fresno State, I was not already asking that question. So, sure. I, and and your point is good. I'm not trying to minimize your point. I just think there's a balance there. I don't want us to play scared, but I don't want us to leave easy opportunities like that on the table. No, you're right. You're right. If and for nothing the, else, if nothing else, that makes the next team really concentrate and defend us that way. Uh, and maybe opens up some passing. So No, that's fair. And, and very quickly for the listeners, just so we're on the same page, right? If this guy was a senior or a junior, right, and he had a backup who had been in the program for a couple years, right, and the guy had played a lot of snaps and had experience, and we didn't have a great running game, and we didn't have good wide receivers that we sure. could spread the ball around, right, it's a whole different argument. All I'm saying very quickly is we have a stable of running backs that on first and second down, we should be able to get in third and five, third and four, third and three type of down and distance. Let him drop back then, right? Throw a high completion pass or high percentage uh, pass. If the protection breaks down, let him scramble 15 yards with his speed, slide to the ground, move the chains, first down. Right. That's all I'm saying. That's the kind of running I want him doing. No, that's fair. That's fair. And I, and I do want to see more passing. I, I, you know, like I said, I liked that we distributed the ball and, 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 you know, Tua came in and so we can talk about him as well, but sure. you know, I like the fact that we distributed the ball. We didn't just hit, you know, one, you know, I, I, I don't know. There's a very limited uh, distribution of passing last week. It, it was much better this week. Sure. I did like that. Did, what, what do you think about that pass to, to Hale? I mean, that was his first, uh, first touchdown of, of his career and it was a strike over the middle. I mean, that was a, that was a big league throw, right? That was a good pass. He they left him they they you know they left him pretty open. Um, you know he was he was going down the going down the seam there and and um, you know he he hit him in stride. You know it was a it was a nice pass. He he didn't put too much air under the ball. Um, you know he didn't have to like thread a needle. Okay, I mean just to be fair, you know he didn't have to like you know thread a needle with the ball. The guy you know hell was pretty open. Um, but he still has to hit him, and um, you know that's you know we we need we need plays made you know in that area of the field. Yeah, and we've been talking about this for for years. To me, um, I think it stood out because we haven't we haven't gotten a lot of it, and so uh, maybe that's why he wasn't covered very well. Well, like you said, we, you know, we'll take you know you can't you're not going to go broke making a profit, right? And so if they're going to give us stuff, then we should certain certainly take advantage of it. Um, uh, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me how you think uh, Tua looked 
do, what do, what did you think of him coming in? You know, uh, what did you think him coming in with about four minutes left in the the second quarter, and and then you know when he got to come back in in the fourth quarter, it was a little different than Saban spoke about in his in his conference, you know, press conference as far as what they were intending. But you know, it was interesting to see. It was interesting to see the true freshman in this early, right? We we didn't see backups get this kind of work, you know, last year when Jalen was the starter. Yeah, I, you know, I agree. I, I think there's I think there's two different dynamics, and it's hard to sort of compare them apples to apples. Last year, I don't know that we had anybody that had a whole lot of game experience, and so but they should have gotten it. Yeah. So so let's put somebody in. You know, if you t- last year, if you take Jalen out to give someone else experience, then you're not allowing Jalen to get experience, and so you don't, you know, you're not amassing or accruing any experience. You're just, you know, spreading it out, and no one has it. Uh, but now we've got Jalen with a year under his belt, but we don't have any experience after him, and so now I think it's fair to do a a little uh, d- distribution of the experience, if you will. And so I think it's good in a game like this. You know, Saban even said, we weren't worried about the score. Let's get them in there and, you know, get them some experience. We knew that we wanted to get them in early, and then we did get them in late. And so I was glad to see him come in early in the game. I hesitate to say game's still on the line, but, you know, it's it was still um, – Still, first team on both sides going. He let the first team offensive line stay in, which was yeah, which was yeah. Good. And so it was good to let him see him get some action. It's it's kind of cliched to say, well, he looked like a freshman because I don't know that I buy that. I mean, he looked like a guy that didn't have a lot of experience, but he looked comfortable on the field. And a lot of freshmen don't look comfortable on the field. And so there were some errors that he made and some mistakes that he made. The speed of the game is going to be different than what he's experienced before, so I wasn't really surprised. But he made some really good, uh, some really good throws. He made one. Uh, he completed real, the first two passes. Yeah, completed a couple passes. He rolled out and and hit a defender, or I'm sorry, hit a receiver uh, in in motion. I thought that looked really good. That looked like uh, an experienced uh, play. That, uh, that 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 he sort of kept his wits about him and and made that play and he missed some receivers and uh, I think a little bit of it and we've talked about this I think with a young quarterback sometimes you only just let him read half the field don't worry about the rest of it just just take this a you know a bite at a time and so there were a couple times where maybe he had some someone open on the backside but I don't even think he was looking and 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 a veteran a senior quarterback you would want them to look but I think a freshman making his first playing experience, you got to realize that they're probably only letting them see a part of the field. Look at these two receivers, and if they're not there, run or throw it away. And that's all you have to think about. Um, and so I, I was impressed. I, you know, rel- in, in, in context, I was impressed. Well, it was a carryover from A-Day, right? You know, he, yeah. he looked pretty comfortable at A-Day. And so, you know, he comes in, and, and I said it wrong, he comes in with about 10 minutes left in the second quarter. I apologize. Yeah. And so he had first and 10 at Fresno's 48, and he completes his first pass to Robert Foster and then his very next pass for to Calvin Ridley for a first down. And then what was key to me is he now has first and 10 at the 33. He drops back for a pass. He avoids pressure and buys himself a lot of time in the pocket, yep. a lot of time. He does have eyes in the back of his head. And then – at the very last minute, he almost had made a window where he could throw the ball away, and he thought better of it, Dave, and he pulled the ball down and took the sack. And the first reaction is, oh, man, you just took a sack for eight yards, and now it's second and 18. But after watching Boise State, right, and watching what that quarterback did with five minutes left in the game when he just threw a shovel pass to the other team for a pick six, yep, it was a smart play of a freshman, Right. And and the guy from Boise State was a fifth year, you know, graduate you know, graduate student, you know, who throws the shovel pass to the, you know, to the other to the other team kind of deal. Yeah. And so at that point, it's second and eighteen. And so then I'm like, okay, well they ran. And and by the way, I like them bringing Najee in with Tua yep. there. Yep. So then they run Najee. He gets three yards, and it's third and fifteen. Well, now it's third and fifteen at the Fresno thirty-eight, Dave. And you and I, I, I would assume, we're both guessing we're just going to run the ball up the middle here. Right. But instead, they let him drop back to pass. I was impressed on third and 15 in his first, you know, game 
you know, uh, game time experience, they let this guy drop back for the fourth time. So in one series of playing, he did what he did, he did five plays. So in five plays, this guy dropped back to pass four times. Right. That's 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 like trying to see what he can do instead yeah. of just going and hand the ball off to Bo Scarborough. No, I like that, and 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 I think we'll see more of that, and and we can talk about talk about next week's opponent, but I think we're going to see more of that in in the coming weeks, and depending upon the opponent and the score, you know, like you know, Saban said we didn't care about the score, and so what he's saying is we weren't worried about this game. Um, there will be other opponents where maybe he doesn't come out as early, but I do think that we are intentional in trying to get him out, and if it's a possession here or a possession there. I think we do try to get him into the game earlier and earlier so he can start to amass snaps. Sure. And I, I just think it was key to let him drop back and pass, you know, that many times kind of deal. Yeah. Um, how did you think, how did you think Najee looked? Obviously Najee got the bulk of the carries uh, of the, of the three running backs. That is um, how did, how did you think he looked and, you know, he had 13 carries for, for, you know, he, he had thir- he had 13 carries for, for 70 yards. How, how did you think he looked there? No, I think he looked good. He, seen, he, he appeared to be a little more relaxed and a little more at ease, you know, playing at home against an opponent like this will probably do that for you. Uh, he, I thought he looked good, and I am very – and he's a big – he's a big guy. Uh, I look forward to, to watching him develop because I think as he gets more experience and more comfortable – he is going to be a contributor and, and I'm not thinking seasons into the future. I'm thinking this season, he is going to uh, sort of emerge this season and, uh, and, and is going to be a name that the SEC is going to, is going to, is going to take note of and, and, and sort of make the note of, damn it, Alabama has another one. Um, And I think, I, I think he does that before the season's out. What do you think happens real quick to Joshua? Jake, what do you, what do you, what do you what do you think happens real quick to Joshua Joshua Jacobs? You know, based on this, what do you, what do you I mean? It you know, obviously I know Joshua's you know banged up right now, but what do you what do you think happens in that situation? Yeah, I, I think that's going to be interesting. I think we're going to have a, a nice package for uh, for Josh, and and that doesn't mean he's not going to come in and run, you know, tailback and and sort of all the plays from that perspective. But I think we're going to motion him. We're going to move him out to the slot. We're going to do some unique things with Jacobs, and I look forward to him uh, coming back and starting to see some of that materialize. I think we have a plan for all of the running backs. I think Josh brings a unique talent. You know, Bo's a big bruising running back. Damian is as steady as you get at at you know running back. And both of them more in a traditional way. Najee maybe has a little more upside than both of them. Is maybe a little more athletic probably catches the ball better than both of them, but he's more a traditional, <clears throat> still in the mold of a traditional running back. I think Jacobs is something different, and I think it's it's going to be interesting Interesting how we utilize him when he comes back. No, that's fair. Well, um, I noticed that Irvin Smith, uh, there was a lot more. He was a lot, He was in there a lot more with Hale yep. you know, on some of the uh, obvious running play uh, formations that were called. Um, it appears as if he has kind of, you know, passed Miller. Obviously, on some of the depth charts, you know, he was listed above Miller Forstall, but sure. you know, Miller had done some good things last year. Uh, you know, catching some some key, you know, some key balls and some key moments. Uh, but it looks like Irvin's physicality uh, has kind of put him uh, on the field more, uh, like we talked about after the last podcast. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that you know, Hale has not caught a lot of passes. Uh, and so I'm glad that he had an opportunity, you know, today or, or Saturday. Miller is more of a receiving tight end, and he's very athletic, and 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 he was a weapon in in spots last year. And I think that we're going to work him in. But Irv, I just think is is a good blend of both. I think he's he has the the size and physicality, but I think he ha- also has the hand I, the hands. I think he's a good blend. When you think about wanted to be multiple, one of the keys of, of being multiple is having people that can do multiple things so that you can roll them out there. And then while they're on the field, you can do a lot of different stuff. And I think Irv does that in a way that the other two don't. 
No, that's fair. What do you think? I, I know they. Uh, I know the commentators on TV. You know, commented on this. In case you didn't get a chance to to hear this, you know, when Tua tried to just going back to Tua for just a second, you know, when he tried to throw his uh, touchdown pass to to Irvin, uh, who was wide open, and uh, Najee Harris, you know, uh, was in the wrong place. Yeah. Did you see Tua kind of dress Najee down as he came back to the to the huddle from the stands? I did not see that. Yeah, so the announcers kind of jumped all over this because obviously they're both true freshmen. Well, Najee Harris was supposed to cut inside there, and uh, and instead he cut out the same way Irvin did, and the ball was for Irvin, who was wide open, and Najee, had he cut inside like he was supposed to, Irvin would have been wide open and had his first touchdown at Alabama. And uh, so when Najee comes back to the huddle <laughs> – Tua, Tua gets into him very quickly, gets up in his face and points in and tells him he should have gone in. And, you know, it was good to see that. I, I, I enjoyed that. No, it is good to see. And, uh, you know, he's doing that to another freshman as opposed to as opposed to Damian or somebody else. But then sure, you like to think that someone else wouldn't have done it, though. Sure. But, no, uh, no, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, you like to see him do that, and you like to see him be comfortable. And even though, you know, he's not the starting quarterback, it's, it was his huddle, right? It's his yes. huddle. It's his play. It's my team right now, and uh, I need you to run the right plays, um, you know, and, and run them correctly. And, and that's a learning opportunity for both of them. So, you know, that's good stuff to see. It's good stuff to see the young, uh, the young folks with enough confidence to do that. No, absolutely. Who else jumped out at you on offense? Obviously, Judy, you know, Judy just had the one catch, Ruggs one catch. You know, Irvin, even though he didn't get his touchdown, you know, he had two catches on the day, but he had two other balls thrown his way. I mean, yeah. interestingly enough, he was targeted four times in the ball game. Yeah, I really like the distribution. Not only just, you know, 11 total receivers, but, you know, I, you know, two tight ends caught balls, three running backs uh, caught balls. And so I like working working the field um, in, that, in that regard. And so everybody that's out there is a potential, you know, pass catcher. Uh, which I think that is a, a, a good message for future uh, defensive coordinators to be thinking about. Uh, and, uh, and also, like, you know, sometimes it just seems like, you know, they were just having fun and trying to get mixes and matches of personnel out there. Uh, there were a couple of times where we had, you know, all three of the freshman receivers in, which I thought was interesting to see. And, and we saw that some very early. And then, you know, then we take a tight end out and we would have all – three freshman receivers and Derek Keefe in there. And uh, I kind of, <laughs> I, I kind of joked that Derek Keefe doesn't play that early in a day. And, you know, there, there he was in live action. And so I thought it was interesting that we were really, um, you know, sort of stretching the roster, uh, giving a lot of people an opportunity. Uh, and it's all about, and coach will tell you, it's all about building the depth that you're going to need. It's one thing to see somebody do it in practice. It's another thing to see them do it in live competition in the stadium. Um, it's, a, it's a pressured situation. Forget that it's Fresno State. It's a pressured situation in front of 90,000, 100,000 people to, uh, to, to line up and sort of keep your wits about you. And so uh, I think that's part of what we were doing, and that was fun to see as well. No, I agree. Um, give me your uh, mini game ball. Who do, you, who do you give it to on offense? I am. Uh, I'm going Hale uh, Hinkus. Uh, I, I really like uh, the pass down the middle. I really like his uh, his reception there. And you got to give the nod to uh, the junior making his first touchdown catch. Okay, I kind of figured you were going to go there with that. Um, all right. So for the same reason that I have kind of mentioned, I, I wanted to do one of the true freshmen, uh, but I'm going to give it to Irvin Smith Jr. Uh, I think we're going to probably see him get his first touchdown pass uh, here uh, against Colorado State. And uh, for the reasons I mentioned, you know, we need a guy. We need that physical tight end presence that that we, you know, that we just we, – we need that – we need what O.J. Howard brought to the table on the blocking side of things. Yep. And uh, I think Irvin's the guy. So, uh, so start, start it off for me on defense. What, what jumped out at you with, uh, with the, you know, with the loss of – of the linebackers to, you know, season injuries and, and uh, the other linebackers not able to go, you know, what, what, what kind of caught your eye as far as kind of how we did things on the defensive side of the ball? I just want to call this out real quick. Have we ever given too many game balls to tight ends? I don't think so. I just think that's a fun thing to know, right? 
hopefully sure. that, hopefully that's a harbinger uh you know for tight end use in the future so, yes we're, we're just trying to force the issue okay we had oj right. howard for all those years right and he's going right. to blow up in the NFL, and everybody's going to say, "Well, who is this guy? Oh, he was a tight end Alabama, really? Well, why didn't you use him more? Because we just we're Alabama. We don't do that. We don't do that. So, no, so, I, so without Rashawn Evans, and yeah. you know, without uh, without Rashawn Evans, and without uh, the outside linebackers that were lost for the year, you know, give me give me your thoughts on on how we kind of how the how the young guys did, or or just kind of what jumped out at you on defense? Yeah, I, I think I think. You know, there's two sides of, of this coin, and, and we'll have a chance to talk about both of them. There are two emerging stars. And, and when I was thinking about this, it, it sort of took me back when when you and I both agreed that C.J. Mosley is was an emerging star. I've got two emerging stars at linebacker that we can talk about. And, um, and then we can talk about two more guys that played at the linebacker position and I think what stood out to me when I saw him come onto the field, and and, and I just spent a good, healthy portion of the game watching him, uh, was Jamie Mosley coming out and starting. And so I thought it was interesting for all the press of who was gonna and what was gonna and defensive linemen playing at the tight at the at the outside linebacker position. There was no mention of, and I wonder if Coach does this sometimes for just for gins or grins, right? Um, there was no mention that I saw of Jamie Mosley starting at the position and he started and, and played most of the snaps and uh, and then, and then he would rotate with Chris, Chris Allen. And I'll tell you, I, I, I Chris yeah. Allen, looked, look, Chris Allen has the body type, man. Yes. And the athleticism. And so I, I think my takeaway is Chris Allen, I think has the upside uh, and he looked eager. He looked a little nervous a little bit. It was a lining up right and sort of looking around. And so he looked a little bit sort of like a puppy in that regard. And so I think I, I think that it was a good idea that he didn't just get the start. Uh, Jamie Mosley has been in the system. He's been around, you know, his brother, right? He's a redshirt junior. So he's he, a redshirt junior. He's yeah. been around. And so he knows the the system, but he doesn't have the upside. And we all want him to have the upside you know, because, because, you know, his brother, he doesn't have it. Uh, he reminded me of a thicker built Shavis Williams. Um, and, and probably play but he a can little be, bit, but better. he can, but he, but he can be serviceable. He can yes. be serviceable and he, and look, and we, we call Serv this out. serviceable real quick. I'm sorry. Serviceable is going to sound like the wrong word. I think thrown into the moment that he was thrown into. Um, I think that he made the best he could of his situation. Yeah, and serviceable. I don't. I don't. You know, in the context of a a, a saving defense, I don't take serviceable as bad. It's like it's like a quarterback. You know, uh, a game manager quarterback. Well, I don't consider that a bad thing, right? Uh, and so I think serviceable in a saving defense. I don't think that's bad. What I'm gonna What I'm gonna say is, and and this is a parallels with what we've talked about in other circumstances, that he has. Jamie Mosley has a high floor. He's got a low ceiling, but he's got a high floor. You can trust that he's going to do the right things. He's going to be a step slow. I thought he was consistently slow coming off the ball when it was snapped. But he's going to do the right things. He's going to make the right read, and he's going to play the play right. He just doesn't have the uber athleticism that is going to make him look awesome while he's doing it. He's just going to be serviceable. And if, and if and if he can be in the right spot at the right time, right, and make a key tackle, right, then you know that's a great thing. Yeah, and even at that position, and, and I said Chavis Williams, and that sort of, you know, the the knock on Chavis, and and there was another end that I can't remember at the time, but their big their big flaw, and it was that Auburn game with Cam, they didn't set the edge, and if you could just put a lamp post out there to set the edge, that would that game would have been different. And so we've sure. got a, we've got a defensive end, sort of outside linebacker, that that was incapable of setting the edge. Their athleticism, their skill set, none of that mattered. Just follow freaking directions. Go set the edge. Jamie Mosley, he will set the edge. Well, let me ask you this: What do you think is the deal with Ben Davis? I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a good. Um, I mean, he's obviously been moved outside linebacker. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just, you know, as we're sitting here talking about guys need to step up, right? He gets moved to outside linebacker. He's a redshirt freshman. 
And obviously there's still, you know, I'm just curious. Like yeah. I would have expected, I would have expected in this game that when we saw a Chris, okay. I would have expected to see a Ben Davis before yeah. Chris Allen. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I see. I mean, he's I been see. in the system for a year. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, no, I see your point. I think he had a what he had a did he have some sort of injury? I'm thinking that I don't I don't know reports of him coming back. You know, Christopher Allen is. I mean, he looked very good. Uh, we've not seen Ben Davis enough to to say that. Um, you know, he's going to be an interesting player because he came in with Mac Wilson, and so it was like, oh, these two freshmen are going to come in and play together. And one of them is is faring pretty well. The other we haven't seen a lot on the field. And then we've got Dylan Moses coming in and some other linebackers that. And you wonder is he being passed? I don't know the answer to that question. That's why I guess that's why I asked you the question: is that is that is he being passed? Right? And yeah. I, I mean, on one hand, it's hard. I mean. I don't think so, but well, I you know I and here's where I sort of hesitate on that because there there is an answer that says well duh of course he is because look who's coming in and playing two freshmen and in fact if you take uh uh, uh God I got to pronounce his name uh Mecky Brown uh yes he played yeah. as well and boy physically does he look yes 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 we'll get to him oh, boy we'll get to him. But, but yes. and and so it's hard to say is he being he's a red shirt sophomore though so but yeah yeah but still yeah. No, that's fair. So I, I just I, I, I don't get want to the, say that he's being passed, but I I don't want to be a moron either and and not see the obvious. So I'm hoping that you know. And look, one of the best linebackers in the last sort of recent time at Alabama was Reggie Raglan, and at one point it looked like looked like Raglan was going nowhere. Well, and Reuben so, Foster, to be fair, who you know just was sure. as number one linebacker in the country, he didn't. Yeah, Foster was slow. I'm just saying he was a junior. So of guys, yeah. and, and I mean that's fair. Have, that's fair. Reuben Foster didn't see the field really till he was a junior, so that's fair. Yeah, but you know, I Raglan comes to my mind because it seems like I don't know if we talked about it or if I just thought it, but it seemed like. Raglan was reaching a point and was like, this guy's probably going to transfer or just he's never going to get a chance. And then, bam, there he was. And so my point is I'm not mad at Ben Davis because if he does a Reggie Raglan, that's going to be pretty darn awesome. So that's kind of where I am on that. No, that's fair. But I will say to your point, you know, there there were um... – not to not to steal your thunder, but you know how we talked about in week one about due to the lack of depth at defensive line, how in passing situations we were, you know, putting two guys' hands in the dirt and we were, you know, blitzing yeah. or putting two linebackers, you know, next to them on the line of scrimmage. Well, as the game progressed, those two linebackers, uh, which I found interesting, uh, started being Dylan Moses and Chris Allen. Yeah. I mean, Chris Allen was they had him in that situation doing that. Yeah. And, and at one point I, you know, at one point I looked at the uh, Fresno state starting quarterback and I said, okay. And I, you know, just looked at him on the, on the, on the shot there. And I was like, okay, look at him physically. And then they, and they went right to Chris Allen. I was like, now look at him physically. Yeah. And I was like, this guy's a lot younger than this, than this quarterback for Fresno state. And look how he looks in the program. And he's a true freshman. And, and I mean, he, it's just it's just amazing. Yeah, it's just and he, amazing. And he looks good moving. Uh, it, you know, I, I, that makes sense, right? He looks fluid. He looks light on his feet. He looks agile. He looks fast. I mean, he has all the all the markings of an athlete, and uh, and in sort of size and all that. So he's a guy that when he gets and 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 he's two thirty nine. So obviously, what you know, what we what we missed in Jennings, but we didn't need Jennings in this game, right? Is yeah. Jennings going to set the edge better because he's 265 pounds? But yeah. I just but, but to have a guy like Chris Allen come off the bench, yeah. and to have a guy like the the uh, uh, Brown come off the bench, you know, when Brown came off the bench, you know, immediately it's like check out 48. I mean, yeah. he was, you know, he he looked very comfortable in the middle of the field, uh, in the middle of that, um, you know, he he was in he made a couple key. Uh, uh, pass breakups in the middle of the field. He was flying to the ball. He was very physical. You know, it's like, man, yeah. you know, it's just, they just, you know, Alabama's fortunate that they can just keep bringing them. He looks physically, and I haven't looked up height and weight, and so this is just from my head, right? He he looked physically like, um, like Courtney Upshaw. Well, know, he's, clo he's, he's close. And, he's and, six and, foot, and, he's and six an Anthony foot. Jennings kind of, 
you know, he just looks sort of filled out in that kind of way. Well, I was going to tell you, sorry to jump in there. He's 6'5", 246. So he actually is, you know, two inches above Anthony Jennings, who's only 6'3". Okay. So he, he let's put it this way. At 6'5", he's able to carry the weight, right? And mm -hmm. he didn't look like some guys look at 246. He looked like he was 225, but he was really 246, yeah. if you get my point. Yeah, no, he, he looked really good out there. And he was so, able to carry that at six foot five kind of deal. But yeah. it was interesting to see how much he got to play, how much uh, Mosley got to play, Chris Allen got to play, um, you know, along with Keith Holcomb. Keith yep. Holcomb, you know, got some good uh, minutes in the game. So did Mac Wilson. Yep. But um, I was glad to, you know, a lot of teams can't run this many guys out there, I guess is the point of where I wanted to start with this, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at the two guys gone for the year now, that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, we've now run 12 linebackers on the field so far in the first two games. Yeah. 12 linebackers. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, that depth is kind of like where DL was before. Um, tell me, tell me how the DL looked because, uh, I thought, you know, uh, uh, pain, obviously, you know, sideline to sideline, you know, of course, this is why he's going to leave this year because oh, yeah. of, you know, how oh, he yeah. plays sideline to sideline. There were several times, man, I'll, I'll get to bugs in a minute who I want to talk about too, but there were several times that, that pain peeled back and made a tackle five yards, you know, off the line of scrimmage that, you know, kept a play from turning into a big play. And he made the play where the linebacker should have been. And it's like, how does a guy do this, you know, so easily and so, you know, with such fluid motion at 320 pounds? Yeah, he, he, he's impressive. There's just there, – I mean, there's no two ways about it. And, uh, and, and I think, you know, you said everything that, that I would want to say, just has his athleticism. And he's dropped some weight, and that makes him a little quicker on his feet. And so – he, he, you know, he pursues the ball well. He sticks with the play. All of the things that you want a player to do. Um, and well, you, know, you know how they talk real quick, Dave, about the game slowing down, right? Yep. The game yep. slows down and you can play faster. The best way I can say it is it just seems like the game has slowed down another notch for him. Yes. That might sound a little hokey, but it just seems yeah. like he's playing even faster because he can. No, I agree with that. He's in the matrix, man. I, he is – I. I agree with that. I think that uh, um, that mentally the game has slowed down for him, and then if he's dropped a little bait, a little weight, and that makes him faster, um, yeah, I think he's he's in good shape there. I, I want to hear what you've got to say about uh, Bugs. I think uh, Raekwon is continuing. He's going to continue to get more reps and more experience. Uh, <clears throat> I'm looking just, forward to seeing him. Both of those guys, just both of those guys. I think obviously it's it's Fresno State, and I want to temper things. But due to the guys that we lost, right, the considerable talent, you know, we lost with Jonathan Allen and Dalvin Tomlinson, um, Bugs and Raquan Davis are going to be huge for this team having any success this year. They really are. They really are. I think if they continue their trajectory, I mean, they're going to be really, really good, solid players and, and just big contributors, making big plays at, in, in sort of key moments in the game. Uh, which will which will marry well, like you said, with the linebacker core and uh, and 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 pain. So I think there's a lot of gelling, improvement, and gelling that this defense has to make. What you think about is pretty darn impressive, considering how good they've played. Um, you know what they held Florida State to, and and I, you know, again, it's Fresno, but you know, we we held them. Uh, pretty well in check all day, and that's what you want your defense to do. And to think that they have lots of room for growth—that they're—I don't think they're close to being maxed out. Uh, I think there's a lot of room for growth here. No, I think so. the The only thing I would have liked to have seen more of, you know, and you lost a lot of sacks with Jonathan Allen and Tim Williams and Ryan Anderson, and and obviously you're not going to be a Ryan Anderson tomorrow, right? There's a reason those guys were, you know, seniors, right? Mm -hmm. There's a reason those guys had 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 developed like they had. Is um, you know, last year we were blessed with putting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Yep. Um, I just don't think we got as much of that. Uh, the quarterback stayed very clean in this game. Yep. Um, didn't kind of, you know, I didn't expect that Fresno State. Just so I'm not talking out of both sides of my mouth. I'm just, I'm surprised we didn't get. 
we didn't seem to bring okay we didn't seem to bring a lot of extra pressure yeah. to get to him we tried to do it with four and last year we could do it with four and this year we might end up realizing that we're going to have to bring pressure more than we did last year no i agree and that and we talked a little bit about that last last week because we blitzed a lot of secondary folks last week because uh, we because one, we knew that we need, needed to manufacture pressure, and and two, we knew that that had to be part of the game plan to to beat them. That their line was was suspect, and we needed to to take advantage of that. Um, we didn't need that against Fresno, and so I think we said, you know, let's let the secondary play straight up and let them sort of develop, and let's let the defensive line do what they do, and let's see if anyone, you know, sort of emerges. You know, Johnny Dwight got probably the easiest sack in, in the in the history of the game, uh, and so that was good. But you're right; there was not a lot of pressure, and so uh, it's going to be interesting to see if it's a bugs, uh, if it's a hand, if it's you know whoever it is, um, if, if they can develop into a sustained pass rusher. Um, you know, maybe when, when we get Jennings back. Um, because you know, we're getting him back, and, and Rashawn, maybe we get some some um, you know some uh, some pressure from those positions. So, but I don't think we're going to get it quite from the offensive line, our defensive line, like we did last year. No, that's true. Um, anything else before mini game balls? Uh, you know, it was good to see Levi Wallace out there. Uh, he sort of, I think, got poked in the eye, uh, but was able to come back a, a couple of plays. Uh, I, I was I was concerned when he went down, and I thought, God, for all the love that Levi has been getting, not just on the podcast, but articles and and all kinds of just fantastic stories about him, and getting to learn a little bit more about his backstory. I thought, damn, he doesn't need to get hurt just right after that. And so I was glad to see that. Uh, and I was afraid it was a concussion because I could see, and you know, I pull out my binoculars and I'm looking down on the field, and you can see that one of the doctors sort of waving their, their finger in front of his eye. And I'm like, ah, oh, geez, you know, they're, they, he might have a concussion here, but I think he just got poked in the eye because he was back in pretty quickly. And I think I, I don't know if it was Saban's press conference or somewhere else. I, I heard that that was the injury. So I'm glad that he was back in there. Uh, I think he's going to be continue to be a steady performance performer for us. And uh, late in the game, we brought in freshman uh, Xavier McKinney. I think he looks good in the secondary too. Uh, Saban's going to be a little more careful rolling a player like that out into the secondary, but the fact that he played in this game, uh, I think, is indicative of us wanting to get him more and more experience. And that number twenty-five in the secondary, McKinney, that's going to be a guy to watch. I think. I think he's going to be a. Uh, I think he's going to be a rotation guy. I'll say that, which is a big contributor. He's going to be a rotation guy before the season's out. Well. Levi Wallace did get poked in the eye um, by the receiver he was trying to bring down. And Tony Brown had not played uh, very much before then. Right. And so Tony Brown comes in. And then, you know, fortunately, Levi Wallace comes back in the game and Tony Brown's able to go back to the situational, you know, position that he plays on this defense. And you notice late in the game when Carter came in and Carter got beat, you know, pretty badly on yep. that touchdown pass. Yep. You know, I only point this out to show you there's not a lot of depth at the secondary, which is so ironic because you you have you have characterized these, you know, these high profile players who left for greener pastures. And and now you're looking at a converted wide receiver or, you know, former cornerback, then wide receiver back to cornerback and yep. digs and a walk on. And and then you got Carter and you got Brown and you just don't have a whole lot at the cornerback position. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. And and it's just it's interesting that um you you mentioned about McKinney and you know I got to tell you that's that's why you saw McKinney because yeah. because there's 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 opportunities for true freshmen if they want to take it there there's yeah. there's time to there's time to play if you want to be there I agree I think Shy Carter is going to be okay I like him as a player uh you know Maven got some run uh I'm excited about seeing him get some more experience you know one player and I guess he's probably played some well he was out all of last year due to injury I don't know if he's played special teams this year or not but Nigel Knott is a guy that I'm really curious uh about I mean he hasn't sort of cracked the you know the rotation yet but I, I 
and so I don't know that he helps us this season necessarily, but he's a guy I think, you know, in subsequent seasons we need to watch out for. So there's names there, but you're right. There's not, there's not a lot of guys that we feel really good about. I mean, when we go to diamond, we've got, you know, Hootie and Tony out there. I, I just don't feel really super cool about that. I'm just saying that given how we've recruited, right. Given all the number one recruiting classes that we've had, that's just a position, and 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 to think that you know Saban is the DB coach, right? And to think all these guys come here for Saban, right? It's just it's just irony of all irony that the yeah. biggest thing this team is lacking right now is DB play, yeah, or depth at DB. I'll say yeah. it that way. Yeah, playable depth. Yeah, playable depth. Yeah, we're seeing the same thing. So um, give me your give me your mini game ball. Who who jumps out for you there? Yeah, I am going. Uh, I'm going Keith Holcomb. Um, you know, at a position where we need some stability, we've got some young guys coming in. We've got, I think, a couple, you know, emerging stars that, that need some more time. But we also need somebody to just maintain, the maintain you know, what we've got and uh, sort of hold the fort down. And Keith Holcomb, I think, is, uh, is, is more than proficient at that. You know, he had seven tackles and, and one pass deflection. Uh, you know, he, w- he was making plays. Uh, in, in different parts of the field, and I think he is—I uh, think he's a guy that was a difference maker in this game, sort of under the radar, which is what we do with this. Uh, but I think he's a guy that's just going to be uh, a steady performer. And if we sort of project out, and I know we're going to get some guys back, and so this is hard to do. But if you kind of project out, we're going to end the season, and he's going to be like—I don't know—the third leading tackler on the team, and and you're just going to scratch your head and say, really? And yeah, that's going to be the answer. And so he's going to be right there, sort of third and fourth leading tackler on the team. And 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 while it's happening, no one will notice. But at the end of the season, there he is. Okay. Well, uh, I definitely, uh, I definitely think that right now is his opportunity, right, to to jump in with these injuries and and uh, and show that he deserves more playing time. And you know, eleven tackles is going to be one way to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't going to give this to this guy because obviously he had played a good game along with Bugs, but you know, Raquan Davis did finish with eight tackles, and I'm not trying to steal your guy, but you know, a, a JUCO, you know, typically in typical Saban fashion, he brings them in at the right time uh, when he needs them, and uh, for him to, you know, him to finish up their tie with Ronnie Harrison on the stat sheet, you know, as a as a new football player to Alabama. Uh, as a starter, that is, or as a rotational starter. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a um, – that's a big deal. Eight tackles at that position is hard to come by. Right. Now, you know Quan's not um, – the Bugs is the Juco, not Raekwon. Right, right. Yeah. And so and so as far as, you know, some guys – some some have him at 6'7", and some have yeah. him at 6'8", and, and obviously, you know, this is a guy they thought might see the field last year. Um, you know, but, you know, he is – he is stepping in at a key time right now for Alabama. That is for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Dude's a monster, right? I mean, he's the one first one you want off the bus, right? <laughs> Give me uh, talk to me about some special teams. Um, what what kind of jumped out at you um, as far as uh, breaking your rules of special teams or anything that you want to share with the listeners? You know, I I, th- I think what stood out to me, and this is probably not what you're expecting me to say, uh, what stood out to me is that Andy Papanastos, hopefully I said that right, he outscored Fresno State. Okay. Are you are how, how did you think he looked on the day? I mean he looked all right. Um, you know, I mean the kicks weren't super long and if they had been he wouldn't have been in there because because he just doesn't have the leg. But I'll take the right. accuracy. I'll take inside. I mean at some point, right? I mean, and I don't want to sound stupid. Like the further out you get, the harder it is to make the kick. Okay, duh. Well, I I just want like I can live with that. Give me within a thirty yard kick or within like a thirty four yard kick. We're just gonna make those. Yeah, but his longest I don't, kick you know, on the day was twenty four yards. I mean, like <laughs> he better make. I mean, his long for the day was twenty four yards. Well, I I'm just saying, right? Let's let the guy build up some confidence. And I swear. There was one kick, and it was a short kick, and it was an angle, and and uh, and and we actually got a um, a delay a game, but he kicked it, and everyone in this, everyone sort of around where I was sitting, 
was like, oh, no, he made that one. Why are you going to make him kick it again? Oh, he's going to miss this one. And I was like – and and I was like – That is kind of funny. Man. What's that? <laughs> that is kind of funny there. Well, it is kind of funny, but I, I mean – Maybe I'm just too nerdy on this, but I just I just went the completely other way, and I was like, no, I want him to get another chance to kick in front of a live rush, in front of the crowd, and uh, and there was a guy that that is uh, sort of related to our buddy that was sitting there with us, and um, and so we were talking during the game, and he said something about the kick, and I said, no, I think we took that, I think we took that delay game on purpose to make them kick it twice, to make them kick it twice, to give them this experience. And he just, <laughs> he just didn't have a response to that. He probably thought I was nuts, but, uh, um, but I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't out of hand dismiss that. I know it sounds nuts. I, it sounds nuts, right. but I mean, think about what we're trying to do. Think about what we're trying to do against this opponent and think about what we're building for. You got to almost, and, and look, I'm not saying that we're mini Sabins, but you almost have to look at how how would Saban look at this? Well, hell, let's give him another shot at a, to, two kicks because we need him to have as many as he can get. And it's Fresno State, so who cares if he misses it? I, I mean, that's not how your average fan is going to look at it, but tr- try to tell me that's not how Saban might look at it. No, that's true. How did you, how did you think Diggs did on the day? There were several times – when he was trying to field a punt where he was fielding a very short punt, like several punts were about 30 yards, you know, uh, in the air kind of deal. How did, how did you think he did? Obviously, you know, Eddie Jackson, he is not, but how did no. you think he did back there? I thought he looked all right. I think, you know, I think he was fine. I think that I think who I want to see, and it's just going to take him time to sort of earn the trust. I want to see rugs. Because I think Ruggs has the opportunity to be dynamic back there, but it's it's the whole Saban thing. Who has the highest floor? Not who has the highest upside. That's going to return one for a touchdown and fumble the next two. Who has the highest floor? Who's always going to possess the ball? And Saban says, if we you know if we can possess the ball, then you know we'll figure it out from there. Um, and I I like that approach. I like that philosophy. And so I think Trayvon's going to catch him. And if he gets a field, uh, an open field, he's going to be athletic enough to, to gain some yards. But Ruggs is the guy that I want to see evolve into that position. Uh, I just don't know if it's this year. And uh, obviously you approve of J.K. being the kickoff guy right now, right? Yeah. It's nice, yeah. It's nice to have so many touchbacks. Yeah, I like the touchbacks. Uh, you know, there was a there was a couple of years it seems like we – we only had a couple of touchbacks on the whole season and, and, uh, and JK maybe had, you know, that many, or, I mean, I'm being a little facetious, but, uh, right. he probably had as many, you know, Saturday as we've had seasons where, you know, we had them at all. So, um, you know, so that was fine. We, I can't remember. It felt like you were trying to bait me. Did, I mean, did we return one out of the end zone? Were you trying to get me? No, 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 no. I just was curious. Just okay. curious if there was any, you know, any any breaking rules here that occurred here we need to go over. No, I mean, I caught myself saying, you know, that the the other team uh, brought one out and they got it to like the 21. Right. And I did catch myself saying, oh, minus four on the return. Right. <laughs> No one around me understands that. So <laughs> no, that's like, true. I don't know. Just football motorings from a wild man is probably no, what it sounds like to some people. But well, we'll talk. We'll talk about this next opponent, man. Uh, what do you What do you think about Colorado State? What What's the Mike Bobo team gonna gonna bring to to Tuscaloosa next Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I think they're gonna be a good sort of disciplined team. You know, Mike Bobo took over from from McElwain and, and, and McElwain had done some good things there, obviously good enough to get the Florida job and, and uh, you know, say what you will about what he's doing there. Uh, you know, you got to have um, something on your resume to, to have a shot at that. And so, you know, he kind of built that program up, you know, sort of in relative terms. And I think Bobo's done pretty, pretty well there. I think he's trying to fo- follow sort of the McElwain path, if you will. There is a ton of transfers on the yeah. starting roster, especially on the offensive side of the ball, which is very you don't you don't see that a lot, right? I mean, they literally have six of their eleven starters on offense or JUCO transfers. Yeah, and I think that speaks to trying to fill uh, immediate gaps, trying to have sort of an immediate sort of day one impact, you know, the, that type of thing. And uh, they came out and played. I can't remember who they played at the beginning of the season. And, I mean, they scored 60, 70 points. I mean, it was insane. 
And then they played Colorado and just really looked pedestrian. Um, and I can't remember who they played this last weekend, and they probably yeah, which, okay. But uh, that, but that does that does kind of show you the difference between the between the two games. Yeah, but I look here. Here's what we're gonna get. This this is a team that um, they literally have nothing to lose, and and that's not to say Fresno didn't. I just think Colorado State is, and I you know it's Colorado State, but I think they're a better team than than Fresno. And so I think what we're going to get out of Colorado State is they're going to put the ball up. They're going to put the ball in play. I think our secondary is going to have to be uh, on their toes. I do think we try to get after the quarterback and affect him more than we did against uh, Fresno. And so watch us play a lot of dime uh, and then send someone. And so really play out of a dime, out of a sort of a dime shell, if you will. We're going to play a lot of nickel and blitz somebody from somewhere. And, you know, more of what we did against Florida State. And it's not going to be as aggressive, like, you know, such a percentage of the time. But we're going to see more of that. We didn't see any of that against Fresno. We're going to see more of that. Uh, and they're going to have some success throwing the ball. And we've talked about the secondary and, you know, our lack of depth, uh, you know, sort of in relative terms. And so our secondary is going to get a good workout. Um, and, you know, they may score – you know, they may score 10 or 14, uh, you know, if they really uh, – they may get to 17. I, I don't know. I mean, I hope not. But you wouldn't, ex- uh, you wouldn't expect that after they were only able to put three on the board against Colorado, though, right? I just think they're going to play a little more. You know, Colorado is – you know, I hear what you're saying. I And, and so – and by the way, the team they just played was Abilene Christian. So, they're yeah. coming off a win against Abilene Christian. Yeah. So, so – let me – I hear what you're saying, and so here's here's my counter to that. And and this will either make perfect sense or no sense at all. Colorado's a team, and it's in-state rivalry and all that stuff. Colorado's a team that they were playing to win that game. Against us, they're not playing to win. They're just going – because they can't. They know that they can't. They are going to – they're going to go and try to make – and make a show of it. And, and I think they're going to play fast and loose – and put the ball up. We're probably going to get some picks, and uh, and they're probably going to score a couple of touchdowns. And they do have an off week right after us, interestingly enough. So yeah. they, their their bye week is right after they play us. Yeah. So I I think it, whereas again, and I didn't watch the game, but I'm just speculating. Whereas they probably played a little more, um, you know, a tight a tight game plan, picking their shots. I just think they're going to come out and just roll it all out. Um, on on you know on the table um saturday uh against alabama and and i think as a result of that they will have some success i do believe that well interestingly enough they they do have a lot of you know uh that there's a lot of senior leaders junior and senior leadership on this roster um with between these transfers if it's not transfers it's fifth year seniors okay all across this roster and so they do have a lot of you know guys who've been playing college football for a while I do think it'll be a tougher game for us uh, than Fresno State was. Yeah, and um, and so you know Fresno State, um, you know, f- so for this game, it is a night game. I do think that helps us a little bit uh, versus you know playing you know during the day like we did last Saturday. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that this game is gonna be more of a 41 to 13 type of ball game. Okay, well I'm not. I mean I'm not far off from you. I'm I'm sitting at like. 35, 10, 35, 13. I just, okay. I, I just think they have the opportunity to, to just, and then maybe late in the game, maybe it's sort of a garbage touchdown, but I just, I just see them having, you know, and again, it's the, it's the kind of game you look back in at the end of the year and you say, really, did Colorado state score that many points? Yeah, I guess they did. I just think it's one of those. And so if they get to 17, I'm not, I'm not going to be happy, but I'm not going to be surprised. Well, but like you said, though, you know, they got a fifth-year senior quarterback. He did air the ball out 47 times against Colorado and completed yep. 25 of them. Yep. And so the guys used to throw in 50 times a ball game. Yeah. And so uh, this <laughs> this will be a good opponent for us as we get ready for our SEC schedule. I'll yes. Say it that way. Yes. I agree. I agree. And it, it will behoove us because this is how a lot of teams are going to want to play us. It will behoove us to play them very well, sure, and put doubt in teams. If they get to seventeen, then we're going to be we're going to see spreads every freaking week, and but, so but, it behooves but, us 
to shut these guys down and make teams think about it. Oh, absolutely. But, I don't but, think we but, do. I don't think we do. But no. I'm just right. saying we, it, it'd be great if we could. Sure, sure. But coming into the game, they've got two fifth-year senior transfer JUCO players and a fifth-year senior quarterback who's used to airing the ball out. Yep. This will be a good test. Yeah. Very good test. Um, yeah. Anything else for the listeners? Um, I just want to throw this out. If we have and, – and, I mean, we love our fans. We love our audience. I actually want to do two things. We have uh, some listener mail and and uh, podcast uh, iTunes feedback. Do you mind if I run through a couple of those? Okay, listeners, this must be nice things said about Dave or he would not be doing this. Yeah, man, go ahead. No, man, it's... I'm just playing. Go ahead. Damn. Um, so last week, and I'm going to pronounce this guy's name wrong, Waylon Meyer, I think. Chip Waylon Meyer. That's probably pretty right. Um, so this was after the uh, the last podcast. And so he gave us five stars. We pre- that, uh, appreciate that. And he said, glad to, ha- glad to have you guys back. Uh, which is awesome. Uh, he said, I was uh, I was getting nervous that you guys might not come back. I rely on this podcast uh, since I can only watch games early in the morning. Uh, you guys are great at breaking down the games uh, and helping us fans get to know the players. And so this, is the, this, for me, is the key part. For those of us serving overseas, and so, Chip, hats off to you, man. Uh, I truly appreciate you guys doing the podcast. This is a must-have for any serious Alabama fan. So that's nice. That's very nice, man. We appreciate that, man. I mean, thank he didn't for, call me out. Listening. He, he didn't call me out specifically when he says you guys for helping you know fans know the game. I mean, we know he's talking about. Oh, me, of course, man. I'm just giving you grief, but that is very nice, man. We're glad you listen, and we're glad that we can uh, you know give you something else to listen to besides the uh, TV commentators. Yeah. So we've got now this guy. This is a little bit older, uh, and we kind of took the summer off. But Mark, dude with the numbers, Mark one four five six seven eight four four. Fantastic podcast. I live, listen to six or seven college football podcasts weekly through the season. And, of course, I'm biased, but this is my favorite. Keep up the good work. And I listen to three college football podcasts. Seven, that's a lot. Um, well, that means he's got some good material to compare us to, man. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome, man. Appreciate it, Mark. Uh, and then Rammer Jammer with the five-star. Um, and he just got, man, I, I don't even know. He's just got a bunch of letters. I don't know if that's that means something to him. It's all good, man. What, it's what all he, good. But he's saying by far the best podcast for any Crimson Tide fan. The game by game breakdowns offer plenty of details that I usually miss watching the games live. I download these uh, these guys as soon as they're available throughout the season. Uh, and and uh, and then I love this. He said, Although it took me until July to finally listen to the National Championship podcast loss. Good for thanks, you. Thanks, guys, to keep up the good work. Man, it, good he, for you, man. He stuck in there and listened in July because, man, if we could have waited to July to record it, we would yes. have. Yes, yes, we would have. We appreciate you listening, but we appreciate you waiting to listen, right? I, I respect, both, the ending to that I respect both sides of that. Exactly. Uh, and, hey, we've got – we actually have a couple of listener emails, and so I want to hit these up too. Uh, uh, Griffin, uh, so Griffin said, just wanted to say, uh, glad you are back for another season. Really enjoy the podcast. So that is awesome. Thanks, Griffin. And uh, James Joyner, and uh, Tommy, this is Dr. James Joyner for you. Uh, he said, great start to the 2017, uh, both for the tight and the podcast. He's got a question about the website. I am going to respond to him. And then uh, he indicated that he uh, was a 1995 Ph.D. grad from the political science department uh, and that his first semester on campus was when uh, Stallings uh, led us to a national title. And what that made me do is sort of rack my brain. Uh, I minored in political science and uh, finished up under. Well, no, I finished up undergrad. Um in 94 so he would have been there so i don't know maybe i took one of his classes or something we appreciate so. you listening man and we appreciate all the positive feedback and and guys please tell us what you like and what you don't like because uh we want to you know we always want to improve and we want to make sure we're touching on the stuff that y'all would like to listen you know that y'all would like to hear about absolutely we really do appreciate the feedback i i you know and and i don't say that to sort of beg for it but i just i'd really appreciate the folks that have uh that have taken the time to lead us, uh, leave us feedback. 
Uh, you know, certainly the emails are great. The reviews on iTunes help people find us. That helps us in the ratings. So we really, really do appreciate that. Thank you for taking the time, and, and we'll try to be diligent and uh, in, in sort of giving some props and calls out, call outs uh, the, to the people who do that. I want to just, I want to add one question to the end, and I just kind of want to put this out here, and uh, I'll do this for a couple of weeks, and then we'll talk about why I'm asking this question. But if you are a podcast listener, and you have a uh, skybox, Tommy. Do you think we have fans that, that have a skybox? Man, I don't know that we're. I don't know we're that high up in the. I don't range know. Yet. I don't know. I. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know yet. We're gonna find out. Okay. Uh, but if you are a fan and you have a skybox, drop me an email because I want to ask you a couple of questions, and uh, I'll ask that a couple times and then I'll explain it. Okay, man. Well, uh, please please respond to him. And uh, so we can find out what he's what he wants to know. I'm cooking. I've, I'm cooking something, but I, I want to okay. ask a couple questions. It's all good, man. It's all good. It's all good. All well, right. Guys, we uh, we uh, uh, also feel free to uh, to let us know your feedback uh, as much as you want, and uh, we'll we'll do whatever we can to work it into the show. Absolutely. I mean, if we like the feedback. No, 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 man. We're working <laughs> in. <laughs> I'm with you. All right. Hey, this has been another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a roll tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, T-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tide. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide.